You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com. And I am joined, as always, by the take two to my Thursday, the editor of The Smoking Cuban. What you got for me, Isaac? Nick, did you ever have a Blackberry? I never did have a Blackberry. I was all about the Blackberry like, <laughs> crave, mainly because of the keyboard. Yeah. the key- Oh, man. The, how do you say it? Is it QWERTY? Yeah, the QWERTY keyboard. I had my my first phone was that uh, it was that Verizon LG phone that uh, had a screen on the front and then opened up to be a keyboard. Ooh. That was I, I always loved the physical keyboard. Like a slider or like a not a slider. It, it, it opened. Up. Yeah, it, I had that okay. phone forever, forever. Like maybe seven years. Dang, it was a well, long. I was, was going, a long time. I was going through some stuff and I <laughs> I came across I came across my blackberry bold and i was like oh my gosh so we got super excited my wife and i plugged it up <laughs> and it came on and we seen all these old texts from when we were like dating like <laughs> 10 years ago yeah and it's just it's crazy but i miss the keyboard so much and i'm like i would go back to this keyboard but then I'm like, no, I couldn't. No, it, iPhone. yeah, I remember picking up an iPhone like the first time the iPhone came out, and just being like, no, I could never type on a screen like this. I need the physical keys, you know, like I need yeah. to feel them, need the physical keys. But uh, here we are now in the <laughs> the age we are now. Hey, do you remember? You remember the Juke phone? The Juke, the Juke. Was it had it that. Com- it had that commercial. It was all colors. It was. It had that commercial. It was like, watch me move like my juke. Watch me move. It was this <laughs> no. tiny phone. It was literally like an inch wide, and it flipped up. Like it. It went. It didn't like flip up like a like a clamshell. It flipped over, and like what the heck? opened up like a like a switchblade kind of, and hmm. uh, <laughs> it was just this tiny tiny phone. Everybody, if you don't remember, Google the juke phone. Uh, people out there right now are like, "Oh my gosh!" If you had one of those, tweet me because I want to know what the experience was like. Cause those just seem—I mean, the razor, terrible. I, mean, I feel like everybody had nah, the that. Razor. Was, yeah, that was a phone, but the—I'm talking like not not an, an inch thick, like an inch like in like across. It's just like this tiny phone. Like you could fit three jukes across in a standard iPhone now. What the heck? This is a weird phone. Anyway. That was super random tangent. This is the second time we've recorded this uh, this intro for the <laughs> podcast because we had a technical glitch or difficulty. But we are I don't the. I lo- know what we talked about in the first. In the first, we talked about tech. my dog destroying presents in Christmas. That's what we did. Merry Christmas, guys! This is probably the last time you're gonna hear from us before Christmas, possibly. Possibly, we are both on the road uh, today. As you guys are listening to this, we're both on the road headed to the same exact state, uh, different places. We will not do any in uh in-person podcast probably because we'll be with our families but that's true nick did propose the idea of us driving on the highway together <laughs> trying to record from car, <laughs> car to car well we <laughs> could do we could do a thing where like we put the wives in one car and they drive and us in in one car and we drive and do a pod <laughs> while we're doing that but, you know 
Except we have two dogs. So like they do road. They used to do road tripping with you know with Richard and uh with in Channing Channing Fry. I almost said Channing Tatum, and now they do it with uh with Kent Bazemore and Mike Muscala. And the that's the, weird. Yeah, they do that now with the Hawks. What if we set up the phone on the dash and went like Facebook Live or Periscope on Twitter? That and sounds took, dangerous to me. And took questions took everything about Mavs. The Periscope road trip questions? Yeah. Q&A? Yeah. People would just come in and start hating on us. Why ain't you talking about Harp? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get to him. So the uh, the Dallas Mavericks defeated, not just defeated, they destroyed the Detroit Pistons the other night. Uh, the Pistons, did, they came out and just did not really look interested. This was sort of one of those games where the uh, the veterans on the Pistons sort of stepped up, but then the, the young guys, you know, like your Reggie Jacksons, Andre Drummonds, which they're not super young at this point, your Tobias Harris's, they sort of didn't really shine too bright. <laughs> you know, like this is just one of those road trip games where they just kind of mail it in. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a really fun win. It was For Mavs much, fans. For Mavs fans, yeah. I mean, it was well overdue. The team needed a win like this. The yeah, fans needed a win like this. Um, if Dennis's return, just you kind of Dennis brought this momentum of him just being back that you could just feel the energy. He rocked some new shoes um, oh, that yeah. had his logo and stuff and in in inside of it, and talked to him about it before the game. And um, I don't know, it's just a different vibe. It's a different vibe when you're top 10 overall pick, you know, plays. And uh, that's super exciting, like Dennis. And, you know, we'll talk about more in a little bit, I guess. But, like, you know, Jay Cole was in the house. Um, hit one of his good friends. So it's just everything between Jay Cole and being super into the game. And, and that was that's what's super cool that I liked about Jay Cole being in the game is Jay Cole was actually engaged into the game. Yeah, he showed up early. He showed up before. He showed up. Almost before we did. <laughs> like he was there pretty early. He's there before like a lot of fans were in the stands, and uh, and he stayed and he he stuck around and he was, you know, jumping around and and you know running on the court and security actually had to come up to him and be like, hey, uh, yeah. like we can't we can't have you running around on the court like this <laughs> during the game. He was actually on the court. Yeah, he was like, physically on the court. <laughs> and like that was in, but it was so cool because you know it's nothing against like Zeke or Romo or. I mean, any of these guys. No, I think that's like, sh- that's shots fired to the Dallas Cowboys right now. Oh, Sean Marion. Let me. Was, wow. Griffey wow. Jr. Oh like, man. Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. Andy shots Dalton, fired like, at any you. Of the, any of these guys that come and see the games and stuff that you know. George W. Bush. Shots. Bush. Shots fired. Did not run onto the court. Not a real MFFL. <laughs> but it's cool seeing you know a guy, uh, <laughs> a celebrity, getting super excited about something during the game and. Just fans I just can't imagine anything else right now besides George W. Bush running onto the court <laughs> and just experience. and just being like whoa with his hands up in the air. That would be so funny. That would be so great. <laughs> oh, the security man. guards like chasing after him. Uh, one of the plays that made J. Cole get out of his seat and uh, and up onto the court probably the most was this uh, this Dennis Smith Jr. Not so much of a crossover on Reggie Jackson where he sort of hesitated to the right, and then he spun left, and Reggie Jackson went with him all the way to the left and kept going even when Dennis cut back right. And he cut back right and did a step-back jumper, and Reggie Jackson caught up to him, 
and then fouled him. Dennis fell down. He hit the shot, and just the arena went crazy, and it was such an electric play. He got the end one, and uh, Dennis finished this game with, with 15 points, five boards, five assists on uh, 21 minutes played in this game. So it was really limited minutes, but just a, a you know great game for him. I think I think if he played another 10 minutes, he would have had 30. Mm. Yeah, I mean he was he was doing he was doing really well, and just just seeing him back on the court, he didn't try anything crazy, he didn't do anything, you know. No, I don't even there. think I don't even remember him attacking the basket that much. No, I, he had a couple up and under plays. He had a really nice. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. But on, not like any, not like any dunks like there were, you know, or attempt yeah, dunks yeah. or anything like that. Nothing like that. Harrison had a big time game. Yeah, you know, twenty five points, seven boards. He's a plus twenty two. Um, I feel like that's almost just like a given now. <laughs> Harrison gives. I feel like every game it's twenty three to twenty eight for for HB. So yeah, I mean it was just a fun fun win all around. Wes hit a couple threes. Every single person that dressed played, including the guy you like to hate on. I Kyle Collingsworth. I think this is gonna happen to me every single time the Mavericks get a new player. I'm gonna I'm gonna hate on them and then I'm gonna meet them and then it's gonna be like, oh man, I really want this guy to do well and I think he's good. And you know, like I feel like that just happens all the time. But yeah, Kyle Collinsworth in his NBA debut. Hit a three, which is the one thing that I like, really got onto him about. It's a three, and that was his only shot he made. Uh, but yeah, you know, on the court, you know, we saw him for about thirteen minutes. Nothing really, you know, stood out to no, me no. besides uh, he was doing a lot of running to open space and being like, "Is this where I'm supposed to be on defense?" Yeah, <laughs> and uh, running to a player and saying, "Is this who I'm supposed to be guarding right now?" It was kind of like that. So big transition for him. Uh, it was interesting to see him in the locker room <laughs> just like after everybody was gone and done and we were still waiting for Harrison Barnes and he was just like sitting there eating food after the, after the game, just like a normal eating dude. salad. <laughs> nah, he, yeah, Consworth's a good guy. <laughs> it's crazy that, you know, we haven't been covering the team a super long time, but I, I remember talking to him his, one of his first few days of training camp in 2016 and now it's like, crap. Man, that's like almost two years ago, and yeah. here we are. <laughs> but uh, we talked to him about Jamil Warney. Yeah, that was cool. He's like, man, I don't get it. Why? Why Jamil Warney doesn't get a shot? And, but uh, yeah, <laughs> it was like he guy. was one of us. We were just, you're just like, man, why hasn't Jamil gotten his shot yet? And he goes, he just looks and goes, I don't know. I don't get it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was so funny. It was like he was outraged with the rest of us. I want to shout, shout out to Salah too on the court. For like the energy, for, he, for getting all the goaltends, <laughs> for uh, man, he just brings instant energy, and that, some people, you know, might not like him, but I just I love how the could, guy. Okay, if you don't like Salah Measury, tweet me, tweet me at Nick Van Exit. Tell me why you don't like Salah Measury because I don't understand why you don't like Salah Measury. He is awesome. He just brings straight energy. I don't care. Like the sometimes the complaining, I do, I do no wrong. Uh, sometimes that does get a little annoying, sure. but his energy and what he brings to the court, I love it, man. Like he is the perfect backup five. Like that would be who I would want yeah. as a backup five. I mean, oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Uh, one thing in this game that we didn't get was the uh, Tobias Harris versus Harrison Barnes. You know, like showdown. We expected it to oh, be. Yeah, uh, the people who said Tobias is better than HB. Okay. Okay, well, slow down. He he had one bad game in Dallas against a team that's not oh, very against good. HB. So wow, he did not even get. He wasn't even guarded by HB. He was guarded by Maxi Kleba. So, 
Wow. Oh, actually, that doesn't even make it. That doesn't, that doesn't make it better, does it? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> yeah, he had one off game. Uh, but if he if he came in here and scored like thirty, you'd have been like, oh man, Tobias Harris. He's so he's so good. He might I mean, be better than Harrison Barnes. You you would have. No, been. I, would, I still I wouldn't have said might. I would have still said he's not better than Harrison Barnes. <laughs> But uh, we didn't really get a, a matchup w- with them. Um, Harrison was mostly guarding Anthony Tolliver, and uh, Maxi was mostly guarding Harrison Barnes. Or, jeez, uh, was guarding Tobias Harris. And we didn't see any of the Spider-Man memes like we thought we were going to with uh, with Harrison and Tobias. That's true. We didn't. Harrison Audrey Dunley, Harris. Drummond put up a quiet double-double. Didn't do anything too special. Um, Except for his free throws that are are interesting to me i uh i took a video of pregame of him shooting free throws and he changed his he's changed his form to where he's he's almost like <laughs> he's almost like a like an animatronic like uh you know how when a, a cuckoo clock goes off and they have those like people that, that come around and yeah. they're like they're in like a semicircle and they you know rotate basically around it and then they they bend over and like it looks like <clears throat> Nick's getting emotional. About I'm getting this. emotional about this. They, uh, it looks like they bend over and put things in like a bucket, or you know, where they put like a coin in a bucket or something. That's kind of what his free throw stroke looks like to me. It's like very stiff, and he like bends over all the way. He puts the ball. He doesn't take it from his hip. He puts it all like three feet in front of him, and then just like leans up and then shoots it from there. I I don't know why it's working for him, but last year he shot 38 percent, and this year he's shooting 63 percent. <clears throat> whatever's whatever's working just continue doing it Andre. we were just so emotional about Andre Drummond's free throw form I was gonna make a joke about something you said about his form and uh something he does but I'm gonna move on Reggie Jackson didn't play very well at all what did I say no 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 it, it's nothing that like oh. you said everything right is it because it just... I already said this in our first take and <laughs> <laughs> no 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 it was just it was I was picturing everything about him um him every yeah but Reggie Jackson is, was horrible. That's <laughs> so weird. What are you talking about? I don't That's want to know. I didn't you. say anything. I, I don't want to know laughing. what you're thinking. Just keep going. Talk about Reggie Jackson, how he did nothing in this game. <laughs> he did nothing, man. Um, I should have. Re- I need to reach out to Duncan Smith and be like, what's up with this team? Uh, because they're, I just would... feel like they're very inconsistent, and they got on a real hot streak at the beginning of the season, and now they're basically what we thought they were going to be. Like I thought they were, they they could be if they got back to form from not last year but the year before. You know, they had this trajectory that was like, oh, Stan Van Gundy's taking over. You know, they have some good, you know, some solid pieces. They could, you know, really grow together. They could be like a, you know, slightly above 500 team and a playoff team, you know, like a seventh, sixth seed, something like that. Yeah. Looks like they're kind of going back to that right now. Stanley Johnson had a decent game, and I'm all about him. I'm still all about him. I wish he could. Uh, Our fake trade over the summer just looks better and better. Even though Stanley hasn't been great offensively this year. Uh, defensively, still. He's still he's still pretty good. But our our fake trade this summer, where we we got rid of where we uh got rid of Seth and then our uh, swapped picks with who do we swap picks with with Detroit, right? Yeah, this was before the draft. Locked on Network, we did a, a a mock draft before the draft, and we traded like the ninth pick and Seth Curry to Detroit for the thirteenth and Stanley Johnson, I think. And we and we picked Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. So it's pretty much Donovan Mitchell and yeah, all that stuff. But that would have been great. Luke Kennard played 17 minutes and only logged five points. I figured that's not what they had planned. 
<laughs> because scoring is like the only thing he really does. And but I don't what know. Do you, what are you saying? He got team. one rebound, one assist, one steal, and one block. Stop it. Um, that is one of all those things. So he at least did those things at least once. Anyway, I, I don't want to talk. We've already talked too long about this game. The Mavericks basically That's blew true. them out. Um, at the end, they won by almost 20. Uh, one of my notes that I wrote, Reggie Bullock and Luke Kennard aren't doing anything. That was uh, that was in the third quarter. So <laughs> Reggie Bullock started. I tried to look up if this was one of the first times that two Reggies had started in a game. But uh, that's really hard to look up. So. It's it's not a advanced stat. No, that's not an it's not you can't go to basketball reference and search like starting lineups names. I don't think that's the thing you can do. But I was gonna tell I'm gonna tell a quick story real quick. Yeah, I think some fans might enjoy. Uh we're not really well, enjoying it's just something. They're not gonna enjoy it. <laughs> Maybe you small, should skip but, it if they're not gonna enjoy it. <laughs> no, it's just a nit and this is a small thing about like NBA stuff they might they might not know. But so I sat down with Melvin Hunt. I have a story coming out with Melvin Hunt. Oh yeah, uh, pretty pretty soon, maybe after Christmas, but you'll see it. Uh, it's just a longer story, just about him and uh, maybe becoming a head coach again and stuff like that, and and working with Rick Carlisle. We talked before the game for about forty five minutes, and he was talking about how he it was his job to scout the team, and we were talking uh, scout the Pistons, and this was his opponent to scout, yeah. and. We were talking about his relationship with Rick and how Rick has taught him just different things and how different they are as coaches. And he's like, man, I'm more of a laid back guy. I like to give my players freedom. I like to, I prepare my guys, but I want them to have a freedom in the game to learn stuff, do different things. And he's, it's just my style of coaching. Luke Walton and, and uh, Steve Kerr are a lot like that. Yeah. So <clears throat> he said, Rick, completely opposite. He said, so. He said, for instance, he said, when, and this is where I'm getting where some listeners don't, might not might not know this, the away team gets to pick which bench you know, they want to sit on. So the away team, when the away team comes in, they you always get to pick which bench you, know, you want to start the game on because then you, you, might, you might want that advantage as a away team having your bench on your side that you're scoring at the end of the game. You might want it at the beginning of the game. There's a lot of stuff that goes into that. <clears throat> Being on the away team court, you might just want that bench support on your side of the court where you're scoring, near your coach, to where you can hear him more. There's just there. It's a small nuance that does have strategy, and different coaches use it different ways. Well, Melvin is one of these guys where he's like, listen, if we're at home, I can't control it. So Detroit, he said, they're set up on this one spot, this bench right now, but they could tell us in 10 minutes, hey, we're going to switch and try to throw you off. He said, but for me, I don't care. I don't care which bench they pick because I can't control it. He said, but Rick, Rick wants to know. He said, so I show up today. Rick goes, hey, Melvin, what bench they on? He said, I don't know. He was like, well, it's something I want to know to better prepare my players to let them know that. And it's just something cool to see different <clears throat> coaching styles that, you know, for Melvin, it doesn't matter. And he think, he's like, man, you know, like I just, you know, different players might not care about it. But then Carlisle's teaching him that you have to coach 
different players. You might have somebody like Wes and you might have somebody like Dennis that Dennis might want the freedom. Dennis might not care, but somebody like Wes, it, 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 it might be all about dotting the I's, crossing the T's, everything to be prepared. It might throw them off if they don't know that. And it's just a, a relationship that Rick is allowing Melvin to basically be a second head coach and seeing different styles play off each other and seeing how prepared Rick Carlisle is. So I know it's just a, a nerdy coaching um, story, but if you didn't know the they can pick which bench, then you just learned something today, listeners. Interesting. I, I can't even think of one game this year or last year that the, the bench has not been the normal bench. Yeah, well, well if you think about it sometimes – when we show up, Dallas. Some, sometimes Dallas though, sometimes some, they're warming up on the different bench. I feel like it. No, they're they're not on a different bench. Whereas, like they're sitting <laughs> to the right of the scores table or to the left of the scores table, they're like warming up a different way. They get to pick which way they're going, right? Is that what yeah. you're trying to say? No. Well, he's picking. You get to pick where you're like. Where you're gonna be like the fourth quarter, friends? Like I'm pretty sure Zach Lowe or Bill Simmons, one of them, mentioned this on a podcast a few weeks ago about how one of the small things of being able to pick that for when you if you're think if you're in the if you're on an away team floor, the crowd's going crazy and everything, you might want that advantage that you know you're going to be scoring on this end where your bench is that you'll have the bench support and you also will be able to hear your coach better calling plays or whatever. Right. So you get to choose that. So, so not like physically where the, like physically which bench they're picking, which direction they they go to start the game and to, to end the game. I guess so. I think it's benches, but I guess. So like, right. The Mavericks are always to the left. Their bench is always to the left of the scores table. If you're looking at it. Yeah. The Pistons could have come in last night. Sam Van Gundy said, we want that bench. And they could have just taken that bench to the left of the scores table. Or direction. I don't know. That's just I think how you word it. I think you, you mean – it. that's it's a weird way to word it. I feel like it's direction. Because that's true. Yeah. Because sometimes we'll come in and, like the Mavericks, if you're looking at the scores table, they're yeah. most always warming up on the left. But every once in a while, you see them warming up on the right. I feel like that's what he was talking about. It's weird to say for him to say what bench they're warming up on. Like that doesn't yeah. – I don't know. It, yeah, so That's like how the word is so. Yeah, well, yeah, you're just you're just taking Melvin Hunt's words, um, but but yeah, it, it is sort of a weird thing, and I think sometimes it throws them off, like it throws me off sometimes when you come in and they're they're warming up in a different you know in a different side, and you know it's completely different. Um, but yeah, those nuances are are really interesting. I have you seen the uh, the Bill Belichick, you know, comment about the guy that asked him a question. About uh, the trainer, Tom Brady's, Brady's training. Tom Brady's trainer that got kicked out. Yeah. This reporter asked asked Bill Belichick. He says, uh, "Is this kind of like if your you know your adult son is hanging around somebody that you wouldn't want to hang around with them, and so you just kind of you know do something to try to you know make sure they don't hang out anymore?" And he goes, "I don't really know what you're talking about. I don't, I don't really know what you're, <laughs> you're, you're doing." And then he's like, "Well, but it's, it's like your kids is like." I don't know why you're bringing my kids into this. It's not appropriate. I'm trying to coach a football team. But he's talking about, you know, these different things. But Belichick is an example of a a guy that just sets up for every single situation. I mean, they are just prepared for every single little thing. And he likes all the, you know, the little details and the the end of game and stuff to be 
you know, just a certain way. Um, and yeah, I can see him as like a Rick Carlisle type <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even their personalities. Carlisle speaks a little bit more clear and uh he'll make fun of you to your face a little bit more than Belichick does, I think. Yeah, that's true. We've both we've both have succumbed to that for sure. For sure. Uh anything else from this game that you want to point out? We talked about Jay Cole being there. Uh, ben and Skin have a, a really good story. Skin has a really good story about Jay Cole. Um on they have a podcast that this is just a couple, you know, segments from their radio show on 1053 the fan. Go listen to it. It's like I think it's like 13 minutes or something, and they talk about uh, Jay Cole and how he uh, is gonna show up on the fan or something like that, and uh, it's a it's kind of a funny story. So go check that out uh, if you guys listen to that. Anything else from this game? We've kind of gone. We kind of pretty much taken over this podcast. We're eventually gonna give you guys our all stars, uh, but we've gone a little over today. I have nothing to do with the Pistons. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sorry, Duncan Smith. Sorry, everybody on Twitter. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, if you're if you're huge Pistons fans, you're like, man, I really came here for some Pistons talk. Like, sorry, just didn't happen today. <laughs> sorry, didn't happen today. Oh, do we want to talk about Boban? He he's so <laughs> he's massive, such a, such a big in, person in his his just frame, and he just looks really funny. <laughs> I know they've already played them, but guys, he's worth seeing in person. Just <laughs> how big he is. Him versus Salah. It was the great, the great, ma- the great matchup that we only saw for like four minutes. <laughs> do so. we, uh, did you <clears throat> did you plan on? Are we going to do our All Star stuff today or no? I don't think we're going to do our All Star stuff today. We're a little over, so I think let's uh, we'll save that for another time. Maybe we'll record it now and we'll we'll put it out during Christmas break or something. All right, sounds good. So, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Mavericks podcast. Uh, the Mavericks won a game now, so they are almost to ten wins. It is a uh, <laughs> it's been a slog. They are now currently tied with the Memphis Grizzlies for last in the Western Conference standings. I remember I remember the days <clears throat> at the beginning of the season when I said. The Mavericks have finished with a better record than the Grizzlies. And then the season started. Memphis did great. And everybody's laughing in my face. I even did a podcast with a radio station. Went on a radio show in Memphis. Told them my like prediction. And he laughed and said, man, that's bad now, man. I know you're regretting that now. And, man, the tides have turned. Well, and it's kind of... Well, I, I know you're very smug and you like the fact that you, you could potentially be right about this, but they're, they're missing probably their best player. But that went into my prediction sure. that they weren't all going to play 82 games. Sure, like, but it comes with a caveat. It comes with an asterisk. It is this a is, uh, This is who they are. It is, the Barry Bond, it is the Barry Bonds home run record of predictions for you. Okay, okay. If Philadelphia, if you're getting Embiid for 82 games, where are you putting Philly? They're 82-0. and 0. You're gonna put them in top five, probably, right? Uh, in the East. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Okay. So, but you didn't predict the top five. You predicted Philly to be probably eighth, seven, eight, something like that. So, you're making prediction based off you assuming Embiid's gonna. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not bragging about it. So. 
No, I just got a <laughs> lot of slack from that. I got a lot of heat saying, oh, especially after they started off super hot. And they're like, oh, man, you're so, you're eating your words now because you thought the Mavericks were going to be better. Yeah, it, it was always a scenario. That was why I made all the all the very strict contingencies oh, yeah. with you and yeah. all, the, all the Memphis picks, but... But yeah, yeah our, our board bets was uh, was all contingent on the injuries and all that stuff. <laughs> hey guys, Nerlens is back in town. Is he? Shout shout out to Nerlens. He even did a charity event today for the Mavericks. He did uh, it for the people, Isaac. A, a, Don't get it twisted. Christmas charity event, and I think he like threw a package or something at like a mascot or something. And I was laughing because it's probably Mavs man because he scared him half to death because he's terrifying. That's a that's a <laughs> podcast. That's a whole podcast we should do on how Mavs. That's a summer podcast. How Mavs man is terrifying. <coughs> Speaking of Mavs man, okay. Two things, because we do have a few extra minutes here. Two things. <laughs> One, I love how we act like we have a certain time limit. We don't really. <laughs> One with uh, the Nerlens thing. I asked Rick Carlisle before the game, and it's really funny. I asked Rick Carlisle before the game. I was like, "Hey, of course I have. I had my own prediction about this. I just want to hear what Rick is going to give." I feel like most of the time we ask questions of Rick Carlisle, like, like knowing one answer and just like waiting to see if he says it or not. Well, I just yeah, like I just want to see what you're wording. So I asked him. I was like, "Hey, you know, how's Nerlens' recovery going? And do you expect when do you expect him back with the team?" <coughs> Surprisingly, gave me a longer answer, um, longer fluffy answer, <laughs> and of, oh yeah, he's doing great. He went back to Cleveland to get his cast off. Um, yeah, we expect him to come back to the team and try to get him up going and uh, try to get him ready to play as best we can and all this stuff. And it's like, okay, he never played before, so to get him back into the rotation, get him back in the rotation. But second, if you guys haven't watched this. Deer, to the, Deer Basketball go, by Kobe. Oh, that was great. But go to the Mavericks Twitter account. They tweet they tweeted out. They're doing these like game shows. Oh yeah. They t- they did a game show today of Pictionary with Salah and Devin. <laughs> Earl gives There cannot them, be two more different people than Salah Mejri and Devin Harris. No, this okay. Earl gives them three things to draw. Absolutely horrific. I can understand the first first one was the Mavs logo. Okay, that's hard. Literally, Devin draws a circle with Mavs written in the middle of it, and oh. then Salah like tries. Salah gets a point. Then one of them was Mavs man, or uh, the horse champ. Oh, no, who? What champ is the horse? Yeah, 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 champ, champ. I, I'm laughing about it because this is what Salah did. Salah tried to describe Mavs man, and then Earl was trying to tell Salah about how you They're got different. the mascots mixed up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Salah was like, no, no, no. But the worst one, and it blew me away, draw the state of Texas. Oh. They couldn't do it. Even Devin Harris. Devin He's lived here like, like a- three different times in his life. <laughs> He literally drew like a like a rectangle, like a, a like a picture of like art. It looked like Arkansas kind of. And of course, Salas was hilarious. And but oh, it was just it was great. They had to draw Cuban also, and uh, it That's was actually funny. really funny because they both just put dollar signs. And <laughs> they thought they both thought they were like clever, and but they both had the same idea. So 
But it's super funny. Go watch their drawings because they're absolutely horrible. And watching Earl during it was hilarious too because Earl's just like laughing the whole time. And um, yeah, that's so great. So yeah, go check out that. Go check out Mavs Moneyball, the Smoking Cuban. That's where we're from. Uh, and uh, you can follow me at Nick Van Exit. You can follow Isaac at Isaac Harris NBA. And uh, you can follow us at Locked On Maps to get all the podcasts right into your feed. Peace out. Boom. Forced forward solemn measuring.